welcome to episode 10 of what is known as the Death Tour by Metal podcast. I am Gary Grimm. And I am Tane. And that beautiful noise that you just heard before we interrupted it and uh, <laughs> started polluting the airwaves was our new theme song. We did it. We've got a new theme song. We have a theme song. We have a theme song. Uh, so yeah, until we get another one, this will be the theme, I guess. Yeah. So thanks very much to Steve Lazell, our, um, our longtime helper and live collaborator. Yeah. Steve, otherwise known as Smithy, uh, for those of you who come to the Dev Talk About Metal Club, uh, you've probably seen him on the door or around the vicinity of Dev Talk About Metal. And um, he's got a band uh, who are working on some stuff. I'm talking about them in the, the in, like, then some of them aren't here right now. Yeah, I, I can't think who you're talking about. But, but uh, Tane here is the bass player. Uh, our regular DJ, uh, Natriz, plays drums for them. Steve is on guitar and he's the main songwriter Mm -hmm. and we have justin from necrostalgia who are doing the vocals yeah which is super exciting to work with as well because obviously we're fans of necrostalgia we've we've talked about them before we've plugged them we've played them at the night uh and yeah i mean me speaking uh not as third person uh, it's exciting (laughs) so hopefully you know we'll have something coming up uh, probably one of our first live shows coming up soon. Anyway, yeah. uh, stay tuned because yes. you you'll you'll hear some more stuff about uh, that project coming up beyond the crescent moon. Yeah, uh, but besides uh, shameless self promotion, what have we got coming up today, Gary? Uh, well, I might sound uh, like I'm slurring a little bit, and it's not for the regular reasons. <laughs> uh, well, not yet. I think the the further into the um into the this episode we get uh, the more the slurring is going to be because of alcohol consumption yeah a more familiar slurring yeah but uh last night i chipped a tooth and um there's a really sharp bit of the tooth uh just burring away at my tongue i had nothing i could do about it so i went to sleep last night mm-hmm. i woke up with uh, the side of my tongue just torn to shreds from this tooth uh, I filed it down. Mm-hmm. It's still a little bit uh, sore. How, how did you file it down? Because that's pretty. That's pretty brutal. With an emery board, the most brutal of uh, instruments that you could use on your fingernails. Yeah, and on your teeth. Yeah, I uh, but, I did the same actually ages ago when I chipped mine. Uh, but I did it with one of the metal ones, you know, for getting like gunk out of your uh, out of your nails and stuff as well. Sure, I think doing anything like this is pretty metal. This is what I do for metal. I, I put myself in great amount of pain just so we can bring this podcast to tens of people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tens of people, I think our last episode, uh, was (laughs) the least played episode of all of the ones that we've done so far. So congratulations. It's, uh, we did it. Yeah, we've made it. We've sunk to new lows. (laughs) Uh, 
Well, look, I'm going to work through the pain I'm anesthetizing myself already with some uh, Jamison. Yeah, the Jamison is purely for medicinal purposes. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but let's get into some music first and then uh, we'll um, do some talking. Yeah, totally. So what are we going to listen to first? Well, first we're going to have a little bit of power metal, cheesy, heavy goodness. Uh this is a new release from a band called Char- oh, sorry, <laughs> called Charred Walls of the Damned. They have a new album out called Creatures Watching Over the Dead. And this track is called Reach Into the Light.
listening to Sisters of Suffocation, their new track Skinless Flesh from the album Brutal Queen. And before that, we had Charred Walls of the Damned with the track Reach Into the Light. Uh, actually, that Brutal Queen album is an uh, EP. Ah, it is an EP, uh, yes. Yeah, those ladies are heavy as fuck. That That's, is incredible. Definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, what else has been happening with us? Well, we've got some business to talk about and a little bit of reflection on, the, I guess, metal and Sydney yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, those of you who uh, keep an eye on such things, you may have seen that we were struggling a little bit filling our lineup up. Uh, for our next Death Tour but Metal show, which is actually our one-year anniversary show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, we've uh, we've been trying to lighten this up for a few... Well, it's been a couple of months. We've been on it, but um, we've had some really rotten luck. Look, I was doing pretty good at first because we got um, the first three bands lined up, no problem at all. Offensive yeah. Behemoth master gravity and necrostalgia and they're all bands that have played within the last year of death tour but metal being a thing and that was the kind of theme yeah. i was going for yeah totally we wanted to sort of do a showcase of our favorite bands we've played over the year and uh you know we, we were so psyched and we're like whoa we've got these three we really like these guys uh we've got a whole range to choose from uh for uh, especially like we were looking for nice big headliner kind of thing uh, and then just... And then. <laughs> yeah, and then. And then. Uh, yeah, it's some... Uh, like, there was a band lined up. They couldn't do it all of a sudden because some issues that arose in their camp. Mm. Uh, and then there were other issues with other bands. It was like a... It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, how, how many bands did we contact in the end? I think... Within the last month or so, I was probably rejected by maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 bands. Jesus Christ. Which is embarrassing for me to say into this <laughs> microphone, which is going out into like our friends that are listening and probably no one else. <laughs> but, uh, you know shit happens it, it just it wasn't happening for us and you know some bands had some valid excuses towards the end there i wasn't giving them a whole lot of notice yeah yeah that's it because uh, the show was coming up mm. uh had some outside pressures trying to uh, trying to make this uh, like a big uh, a big headliner or have some huge band and it just with the notice that we were giving it just wasn't happening yeah well that's it it was quite interesting and i mean you know we've been booking for a while i've played in bands for a long time and i've never really seen this happen to this extent before 
it was uh, just it was just really bad luck i think yeah i mean there are a lot of bands who um you know there might be like uh obviously it's the end of the year you know people people are booking holidays uh you know and a lot of the time there were uh we had quite a few bands who really wanted to do it and there was just one member who couldn't do it and of course that's all it takes yeah or something it was just something one little thing we we heard heaps of valid excuses but then i think i I read a good share of uh, just real head scratches there, like uh... you know. I I, I want to talk about my favorite one actually, which um, it's really funny because I was I, I like I said I've been in bands. I talked to a lot of bands about this as well, and the um, it, it's like the band equivalent of um, I'm washing my hair. Uh, which is uh, we're in the middle of recording right now. And I've got to say from from personal experience and from friends' experiences, uh, this is just something that cracks me up because I'm if you're recording, you need as much cash as possible and also you are as tight as you're ever going to be. You're going to be playing your best shows when you're recording. And if, you, if you're in a band out there now listening... Just know that if you're playing a Death Tour but metal gig, you get paid for the gig. We, yeah. We don't, we don't mess around with that kind of shit. You yeah. Know? The dollar money is a forthcoming. Yeah. So it's just some of those excuses. Just when you, you heard, when you read excuse after excuse, it's a little bit disheartening. And, you know, you think maybe if I loved excuses more, this job would be so much easier. And well, just be like, oh, feed me, feed me your fucking excuses. As, as promoters in Sydney, which has lost, what, over 60, maybe up to 70% of the live venues uh-huh. in the last three years? Yep. Obviously, we crave disappointment. Sure. Which is why we do it, you know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, what other reason is there to promote metal in sydney unless you're a fucking masochist what was the um what was the email you sent me about that quote i can't remember the quote you you were telling me uh you were talking to someone about doing gigs uh was it adam maybe yeah it might have been uh today yeah yeah yeah, today. yeah i i kind of ran through a scenario this isn't to do with uh, band excuses or anything. no 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 it's more of a general thing and look if you feel what I'm about to say reflects on you poorly and it upsets you, then maybe analyze the reason why I'm saying this <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, have a look at the other side of the equation and see if maybe there's not something that could be done about this. Here, this is a general kind of conversation uh, that I hear on a regular basis about our club. <laughs> I, I, before I before I go into it, I just want to say I can't believe we're really talking about this. Like we we might sound like we're having a little bit of a hissy fit, maybe. But uh... yeah, I I want to make sure that everyone who's listening knows it's like it is disappointing when we have to go through hard times like like every aspect of life it is hard and sometimes we want to vent and part of the reason we're doing the podcast is so we can be candid about it you know exactly and this is all in good humor as well like it's frustrating this kind of stuff yeah but we say it with you know we're not we're not stressing about it we're just like this is the way it is and exactly unfortunate we're laughing we're having we're having a scotch right now yes yeah so here's a typical conversation. Uh, so 
let's say a well-wisher. Let's call the the person talking to me a well-wisher. Well-wisher one. Well-wisher one will say, ah, I really, I really love what you guys are doing with Daft Orba Metal. Keep it up, man. It's so, it's so great. Um, mm. I'm so glad that there's something like that in Sydney. Mm. Uh, my response will be, ah, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. But uh, I don't think... Have I seen you at the club? I'm sorry if I've ignored you at the club or something. I get a bit drunk sometimes. Oh, and well, wish I will respond. Oh, no, no, I've never been. And I will never come because I'm not supporting this thing that I supposedly like. <laughs> Is this something they've actually said? I'm I'm talking subtext. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yep. I'm, I'm talking the implications of what they're saying. It's uh, like, I'm never going to come to this thing but i support it and i'm like well thank you i think yeah 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 it's not quite a backhanded compliment it's just something else and it's funny you know like i've I've had similar things where people have literally said i'm not going to come because i'm not into metal and you know what that is totally fucking fine of course it's not for everyone not everyone's gonna like it and fair enough you know uh but don't say you're a supporter if you're not going to support. Support yeah. means showing up. Yeah, know? totally. And look, to put to put this into perspective a bit more, uh, because we're being all self-reflective, because we're hitting a year and whatnot, mm-hmm. and now we've sort of talked to, to promoters as fellow promoters as well. So, you know, like awesome people like Dave Balfour is a great example uh, of someone who's been doing it far longer than us. But, um, you know, he's very publicly said that he's frustrated as well like on social media and sure whatnot. and like he he's uh been through some hard times but it looks like things are going good for him and yeah rightfully so he's put on some really uh great gigs yeah uh steel assassins being his regular thing yeah uh, and the next one of that by the way it looks, looks fucking amazing. incredible. Like, we don't have any of the details right here, but getting closer to the gig, we'll plug it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he had some people uh, pull out of Steel Assassins, and people just stepped right in, like some really good bands. I think Lethal Vendetta being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they stepped right in and, um, you know, filled the shoes. Yeah, and also, I mean, this is this is something where we're at with, um, with our anniversary show. Uh, you know, Dave, uh, said, you know, like, um, uh, we need to fill this up quickly. And, uh, we actually saw such a great, um, great show of online support Mm -hmm. to make sure that it was filled quickly. And we've also now been able to do the same. Yeah. Look, I I wrote this big post about how it's really embarrassing to not have the lineups completed so close to the date. But I got a really good response from people, mm. um, and our good friends uh, Reva uh, stepped up and said we'll fill one of the spots. Oh, we've got a, they're coming to get me. That's my ride. <laughs> Just classic Petersham tone. Don't worry. There's uh, some sirens going on in the background. This is just to let you know that we are fully street. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, we came up from the streets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, I can't I can't talk like that. What? what? Yeah, representing. Uh, anyway, that's it. And look, New Year's coming. We've, we've done a year of Death Talk About Metal. We did the monthly thing. 
That's gone good. I think in the new year, uh, we're just going to shake things up. Yeah, we're we'll definitely be mixing it, it up around. And we're not going to give too much away just yet, because partially because we're still figuring out exactly how we're going to do it. Yeah, we've got some ideas, but they're all pretty um, kind of in the fetal stages at the moment. Yeah. But we're going to shake it up, and we're going to keep it shaking, like a, a, a continuous earthquake. We're just going to keep shaking, because if we stop the earthquake from shaking, then all you're left with is a hideous aftershock. Ooh. Yeah, they're not listening. It's <laughs> all right. So, Look, having let, said all of that, let's listen to some music, shall we? Yeah. So, oh, we've got a nice double whammy here. But first, uh, let's listen to a track from Insomnium, their new album, Winter's Gate. Yes. Uh, and Winter's Gate Part Seven. Yeah, Winter's Gate Part Seven by Insomnium. Here we go.
Okay, so I'm gonna test my pronunciation skills here, but we were just listening to the track Kodama? Kodama. Kodama. Yeah. From the band Alcest uh, from France. That was their title track yeah. of their latest release. And before that, we were listening to Insomnium with The Winter's Gate Part 7. Uh, that's off the album Winter's Gate. Yes. So much self-titling. Yeah. A lot of self-titling <laughs> happening here. So, what's next? Well, uh, we're going to be doing... Uh, we've done it a few times before. It's a, a regular segment, but uh, we sort of kept forgetting the name of it for a while. Yeah, well, we didn't really have a name. I came up with the name uh, Breaking the Silence, uh, which... Uh, fair enough it explains what the thing is about sort of yeah well it's got that that kind of uh that metal thing where it sounds like a control denied track definitely (laughs) uh so i think it works i think it works and we've done this before with um what were we just saying yeah it was with uh i'm on a math i think opeth were one of them we I, i think we've done a couple more yeah, we've done releases. a handful of times, and the whole idea is that uh, Gary and I say, okay, there's this album coming up, we're just listening to it now, uh, but we can't talk about it. Like, we can't talk about it together beforehand. Yeah, it's usually from a band that's, uh, I don't know, kind of big, or, mm. uh, you know, has a bit of recognition. Someone that we both like, like a Monomath. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And usually an anticipated release. So exactly yeah something with a bit of hype around it this time around we chose to do it with uh, Meshuggah and their latest release through nuclear blast records called the violent sleep of reason yeah so um i mean yeah do you want to start uh i know we've been waiting to talk about this for a while but ladies first oh oh you so okay uh like a lot of our listeners I'm a Meshuggah fan. I have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's been a while. It's usually a while between releases with Meshuggah. So, you know, people are waiting and, and Meshuggah have their, their style down pat. So they always try and do something a little bit different. And this time I know that they recorded the album live. That was the big thing. They did. Uh, it is loosely based uh, on uh, Francisco Goya painting as well. Uh, you know, it's always something cool and out there and shit like that. Uh, and the, obviously the live sound comes across, um, quite strongly where normally the, the drums are already programmed by Thomas Hockey. Uh, you know, he is a fucking master of doing that as well as actually playing. But, um, so I don't, nothing's really jumped out. Uh, about this album to me no particular tracks yet and Meshuggah always you know it's always worth uh, listening quite a lot you know everything's very layered Um, but so far I don't know everyone talks about this organic sound you you read every review about this album and you will see the word organic come up come up so many fucking times uh, I think it's just a bit of a weird lazy way of reviewing it and no one's talking about the music itself look I've heard a lot of similar things to what you're saying uh, from some of the negative reviews I've heard about uh, the violent sleep of reason. I've heard that uh, people saying that 
yes, there is a bit more of an organic sound that rather than the mechanical thing. Yeah. I, I think that's still that kind of robotic Meshuggah sound that people know and love is still there. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But I kind of... I don't mind this album. Mm. I... I was ready to go in and go, uh, it's nothing new. Mm. Uh, but I think everyone is used to Meshuggah being this groundbreaking band. And every time they have a new release, yeah. then it's something just totally changing their sound. And this time around, they may be stuck to a little bit of safer ground. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As far as songwriting is concerned, uh, it's it's nothing new. I would say in in the main respect, but uh, it's still very enjoyable, uh, and I think they let the mix do a lot of the talking for them. Sure, I think I think in a lot of respects they are playing it safe. It is definitely Meshuggah's sound, but I was listening to it today. I was listening to the album, and I was thinking I was just listening to the musicianship that goes into it. Yeah, and. I was thinking if this wasn't Meshuggah, mm. this album would be fucking amazing. Yeah, that's it. I think um, <laughs> there was an interview... Uh, sorry, there was a review uh, that used the phrase Meshuggah ringing it in this time. And I think that's that's really, really lazy reviewing because it's, you it's listen a little to this harsh. shit. Yeah, it's... Um, to, to make any of these riffs, to make... Any recording like this whatsoever is fucking hard. Uh, the musicianship, the mu- like the instrumentation is just fucking beautiful. It's still great. And it is nice to hear a fresh mix. I think... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is lazy to say that. I think they're still... I, I think I'd give it to them if they... You can't strike gold every time. You can't be the most innovative uh, band out there every time. Mm. Uh, what they do is still amazing. The I think that people are a little bit desensitized. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's funny, actually. It, it makes me think about uh, when we were talking about uh, both on and off the podcast, talking about uh, Devin Townsend. And how every recording he does is fucking amazing. The writing is incredible. He incorporates so many different things. And I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of Devon's music shares some things with Meshuggah, but it's gone so different in the last few years, you know. Um, But he has kind of written himself into a bit of a corner where he incorporates everything, every album. He incorporates his whole, his full scale uh, of musical interests and, and, and how he's mastered so many different styles that you expect it now. And so you're not wowed by it. I think it's a little tempting to say the same thing about Meshuggah. Yeah. And I think to a certain degree, it's true. Like I was saying, desensitized to the kind of, um, kind of strange and out there time signatures and, um, really off-kilter uh, riffs that they do. Yeah. But if you still listen to it for what it is, I think it's still pretty solid and pretty... They're doing what they do best, even if they're not totally breaking the mold and reshaping their sound. Mm. Uh, they're doing it. And this is just... 
I think this is the only album where I can safely say that about them. Mm. I think I, I really liked Coloss. I thought there was a lot of really cool elements in there. Yeah, it was a solid and release. Shit, yeah. what was before that? Obzan yeah. was before that. Uh, and it's funny because uh, I was very conscious when thinking and sort of analyzing this album that when Obzan came out, people were funny about that, you know? Uh, th- they were and now it's a it's a fucking classic it really yeah, it's is it's one of their more popular albums for, yeah. for better or for worse I, I like Obzan it's a, a lot of people say that Obzan is Meshuggah's probably their most accessible album yeah it probably is but when you say accessible, when you're talking about a band like Meshuggah... <laughs> yeah, using, like, so many different... Like, you know, like, fucking multiple rhythms at the same time from one band member. I mean, uh, and, and yeah, when people go with Obzen, uh, and they were like, well, it's no Destroyer Race Improve. And now people with this album, The Violent Sleeper Reason, are going, well, it's no Obzen. You know, fuck people. <laughs> Yeah, look, fuck everyone's opinion, especially ours. Uh, you know, if 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 a band was do, like f- using Destroyer Race Approved by Meshuggah as an example, mm. if they did that album over and over again, uh, you'd hate it. Yeah, totally. Or I mean, there'd be a core amount of people that loved it because they're hearing what they want to hear, but. These guys change it up a bit. This album, I think, draws from a lot of different albums of theirs. There is still a little bit of Destroyer Race Improve in there. There's a bit of Obzan in there. There's a bit of Coloss. There's a bit of everything that Meshuggah have done in there. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think um, it's the first... Like you said, it's the first time they've done that. Uh, because it also incorporates a lot of their earlier sounds from their really early releases, which is something that Meshuggah have not actually touched upon, Mm -hmm. partially because they've been a band that have moved with technology. Uh, They've always been forerunners, uh, whether it's through Drumkit from Hell, uh, you know, obviously Thomas Hucker, all of his um, uh, sampling for that program, which was used by so many others, you know, obviously a huge influence on the gent movement, even though I really don't acknowledge that as a genre. Uh, this, <laughs> I don't. It's it's Meshuggah worship. And, you know, seriously. Anyway, that's another conversation. Look, every... Uh, all I'm going to say about that, because we've got to move on from Yeah, this yeah, topic, we do, we do. But every subgenre, there's the one, the catalyst, and then there's the, the people that imitate it. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. going to happen. Yeah. Uh, look, I think we've talked about it enough. Let's listen to some Meshuggah. Uh, the people, we're live streaming this on Facebook at the moment. So the people watching aren't going to hear any Meshuggah. You're going to have to tune into the podcast tomorrow. Yep. You'll be able to hear, uh, some Meshuggah action. Yep. Uh, so we're going to play the first track of, uh, Meshuggah's new album, The Violent Sleep of Reason. Uh, the, the first track is called Clockworks and here it is right now. Thank you for listening to our rant and thank you for watching at home. Yeah. Thanks guys. We're waving to the camera. Right- oh, I am. Then I'm now waving things. now as well. Everyone's I'm waving smiling to the camera. with no, uh, general malicious intent. So that's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you will be releasing this tomorrow. Anyway, we're going to be doing, uh, because we're going to be doing an interview with Fenrir. We've got an interview tomorrow with Fenrir. 
uh, we're going to be adding it onto this uh, podcast episode. Yeah. But enough of that. It's Meshuggah time. Meshuggah time. Let's do it.
track uh Bacha Musnog. I'm glad that you were pronouncing that one <laughs> was not game. Yeah, uh Romanian not uh, either of our strongest uh points of, Yeah, uh, it's pretty low and and the languages that I speak uh which uh, English 
and that's about it. Yeah, and being Australian, that's um, you know generally very bad. It's the best you're gonna get from a couple of Aussies. <laughs> so yes, uh, that was uh, Nagura Bunget, and of course we listened to Clockworks from Meshuggah's new album, The Violent Sleep of Reason. Yeah, Meshuggah there before Nagura Bunget. Uh, look, we're going to do some talking, no holds barred, no beggy puns, it's time for Graham and the Colonel. Okay, when, who, the, who the fuck are Graham and the Colonel? Well, we're not Graham and the Colonel, but when I was a teenager, I, and some of the old motherfuckers out there watching us on the live video or listening to the podcast will know, uh, an old Australian TV show called The Late Show. And there were two characters on there, Graham and the Colonel, and there were sports guys from memory. Yeah. And they'd start off every episode with no holds barred, no beg your pardons. Uh, well, speaking of old stuff. That's what I was... I was, I was I'm the Segway King. Segway. Segway King. I was leading us into uh, the origin story, basically. Yeah. So, we just wanted to talk about uh, nerds and metal and how we got into metal and how we got into being nerds, basically. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, because, uh, you know, we, we try and talk more about this and, you know, with the new format, we're trying to become a bit more candid, uh, sort of uh, talk a little bit about ourselves so you know who the fuck we are because, you know, um, doing the club night as well, uh, we're usually running around like headless chooks, so we don't get to actually chat to everyone so much, so. It's true. And, you know, may as well have some kind of record of who we are uh, before we die, eventually. Yeah. Well, look, by that time, you know, the the world will be wiped out, probably. Exactly. The digital format will mean nothing. Yeah. And, you know, in a million years, none, none of this will exist and it won't matter. Yeah. But in the meantime... Keeping that in mind. <laughs> so, let's start with you, Gary. Come on. Uh, so, how I got into metal? Yeah. How you got into metal, like, uh, why it appealed, you know, how how old were you? Uh, probably, shit, something like 13 or so. Yeah. And I started listening to dabbling in bands like uh, Nirvana and Metallica. Uh, you know, the usual stuff that people start off with. When, yeah, yeah, totally. Look, it's pretty rare to, to start with really heavy shit. So there's lots of gateway drugs that, you know, all the Christians at the time in the 90s were uh, <laughs> concerned about. Yeah, what was that parents group with the, uh, uh, Tipper Gore and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, the shit? PTA, Parent yeah. Teacher Association. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the real gateway for me was uh, a friend of mine uh from high school and myself we got our hands on a cassette tape that had two albums on it one was pantera's vulgar display of power the other was i think it was uh green day's dookie or (laughs) whatever the fuck that album was that classic slab of uh metallic beef Yeah. yeah So we put the cassette in. It was in my friend's um, room uh, at his parents' place. Uh, we put the cassette in, press play, and Mouth for the War by Pantera started. Our Fogger Display of Power. Uh, Phil's vocals kicked in. And I immediately turned to my friend and said, This is what I've been looking for. 
I remember that really clearly. Those were the pretty much, not verbatim, but uh, it's pretty close to what I said. (laughs) There was just no turning back from there. It's just once I got uh, Pantera... Uh, then I moved into heavier realms like uh, Cannibal Corpse with uh, In Back to Life, Butchered at Birth, and Tomb of the Mutilated, those three albums. Mm-hmm. And I think Slayer's Undisputed Attitude cover album was another big influence there that's, as um, well. Probably looking at that uh, time frame as well, I think that's when the uh, the first Cannibal Corpse albums were actually banned for sale in Australia, weren't they? I, I got them just before they got banned. I got a double album of uh, Eaten Back to Life and Butchered at Birth with the original covers yeah, right before they were like the censored things uh that you had to buy the album and go through the booklet to see all the artwork on yeah this is like just before they um they started imposing on the artwork for a lot of albums which still happens now where they actually have the parental advisory uh they they were stickers and then they actually started putting them on the artwork and fucking the artwork yeah up. fucking it all up yeah but going back to uh pantera and uh vulgar display of power uh, the ca- that side of the cassette finished. We flipped it over, and I think the only track left on the album was "Hollow," mm. the closing track of "Vulgar Display of Power," and um, that f- faded out. And we sat there, uh, just astonished as the cassette wound on. And moved on to Green Day's Dookie album. (laughs) Starts off with a drum beat from memory. Yeah. And we were just listening to it and we just laughed because it sounded so weak in comparison to the the grandiosity of the metal that we had just witnessed for the first time. I think that's um, probably a point that uh, a lot of us as metalheads can... Uh, I think a lot of you guys will have that moment, that album or that song or that time when you're listening to the radio where it's very memorable because it's like nothing you've ever heard before. And, you know, if you're into metal, then it it hits you like lightning, you know? Exactly. Uh, Before we go on to uh, what Tane's first uh, uh, sojourn into metal was, if you're watching on the live video on Facebook... Uh, please uh, send us a message because I uh, was put a comment on the video because we'll see it and tell us what the first metal album that you listened to was. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear from you guys. We say this every episode, but we really want to hear, you know, make some discourse. And I can see that at least one person is watching right now. So you, I'm talking to you. Have you got the sound on? <laughs> you better you better not just be scrolling through and just w- watching our beautiful visages i know right uh, i did do my makeup for this but, he, did, uh, he did not uh, quite as much as uh, last time uh, that's why we're recording so late <laughs> uh but tell us what you what the first metal album that you listened to in the comments below the video what was the first metal album you ever heard tane what was the first what was your first introduction to heavy metal I think um, mine was uh, it was quite young, actually. I'm really lucky that I've got a dad 
who um who has big ears as it were he listens to a lot of different shit he always has he's been in the music industry for a long time as well and now funnily enough we work together but anyway um, and he's a supporter of death Talbot metal he is well. he is the best fucking dad you could ask for if you're a metalhead <laughs> it's true but um so i remember uh it was a sunday morning i would have been six or seven uh and rage was on and the the Rollins band track Liar came on from the wait and it was a video and I was just watching it and the music uh and it's you know like Rollins bands they're not like heavy heavy metal but obviously he incorporates so much different stuff into his music he had comedy as well and he's you know a fucking awesome beefcake metalhead yeah that guy that video is great yeah it's still great it's still great and I um I, I told dad that it was on. I'm like, dad, dad, who's this? He's like, oh, Hank the Tank. Uh, do, you, do you like this? And I'm like, I love it. It's great. I haven't heard anything like this before. And um, he's like, I've got uh, this album from a friend on tape. So I'll do you a copy. I'll dub you a copy. Uh, and I loved it. And uh, so I listened to it a lot. And um, he's like, if you like this kind of stuff, um here's an album this is a little bit later uh by a band called killing joke uh and that was 94 uh that was the album pandemonium which um great album yeah it's a fucking killer album and he was he was telling me about the history about it and this is something that's always appealed to me with metal uh where they recorded one of the songs in the um the king's chamber of the Mm -hmm. great pyramid uh, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? This is blowing my mind. So I was listening to more of this stuff and then Coming and Burn came out by Roland's band as well. And so that was my that was my grounding. It wasn't until a few years later where I um, where I first heard Tool, who were also incorporating a lot of like different musical elements compared to other bands. So I didn't start on like death metal or anything quite like that. I was always listening to other things like that. I, I listened to Black Sabbath with Dad a lot as well and Uriah Heap. Uh, so it was kind of... Um, yeah, a, a bit of a weird mix of stuff. It's funny that um, Henry Rollins was kind of your first introduction to heavy music. And then all these years later, at the Death Tour by Metal Club, we had a heavy metal playlist given to us yeah, uh, exclusively for the club by Henry Rollins himself, which we played... Uh, which I think it was our first one. No, it wasn't our first one. I think it might have been the second or the it might have been the second Death Tour by Metal Club that yeah. we ever did. And I was I mean Gary uh having been an interviewer, been a music journalist for a long time, uh ha- had already uh, contacted Henry, um previously done interviews before and he he emailed him just asking him out of the blue, but he was very forthcoming in the space of, what, you said an hour or something like that? I think was... within about an hour, he had sent me a Dropbox folder with the 10 songs yeah. that he would play at our club, were he there. Yeah. And they were amazing. The The thing that really stunned me about that was, well, for a start, the fact that it happened at all. <laughs> I was so, stu- like, I didn't even talk to him, but I was so starstruck. Um, he, um, uh, but also the, the other thing is that so many things that he likes now, newer stuff I like, and it's interesting being influenced by him and having so many things musically in common. I was just so over the moon. 
Uh, we just got our first uh, comment about uh, first uh, metal albums. It's from a DJ at the club and my girlfriend, uh, Natriz. <laughs> In that order? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's reverse order, but it's all right. Um, she's saying uh, the first, uh, she says, Tools Anima, which mm. we just discussed. Yeah. And Korn's Life is Peachy were my first metal purchases. And... Look, I'm gonna make a confession here. I listened to Korn when I was a young man. I listened to that album a lot, and actually, my sister got me into Korn. Uh, look, at the time, I, I might not have. Life is peachy, and Korn in general might not have dated all that well. Mm. But when you listen to a track like Good God on Life is Peachy, and you're full of hormones young you've just gone through puberty yeah and um you hear someone just screaming what the fuck yeah you identify with it it's an it's an equation for success yeah and i mean it's funny i mean like uh i guess with younger listeners um you know like we're start of our 30s now uh, so you guys would have missed the boat on this. And so listening to these albums now, they might seem dated now, but I mean, they, as much as we bag out their new releases, um, they very much had a time and a place, you know? So we're still waiting for more messages from our viewers. We've got, we had two viewers. If you're watching, tell us your first introduction to heavy music and um we'll if you do that while we're recording we'll talk about it Mm. but we can talk about it as well on the comments afterwards you know like uh, on the soundcloud on facebook we can still talk about it totally so let us know and um speaking of metal and all things metal well it is something that we generally handle on this show uh we're going to go into uh, some new Dark Throne. Uh, we've been waiting moment. for this for a while. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Dark Throne out there... I, I pity you. Look, I don't think you'll be listening to us if you don't know who Dark Throne is. <laughs> well, like we were just saying, some people might have missed the boat on that. So Yeah, well, they've got a new album out. Uh, I love it. A lot of, I've heard a lot of mixed things. I'm I'm he- hearing mainly positive things about the new Dark Throne album. Mm. It's great. I think it's fucking solid as fuck. You know, if you're a real Dark Throne fan, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Um, we're gonna listen to a track of their new album, Arctic Thunder. This song is called Inbred Vermin. Don't forget to comment on this video with your um. With your first ever metal, uh, cherry breaking, yeah, your introductions yeah. into metal, the first releases that you listen to that got you into heavy music, and we're gonna listen to some fucking heavy music now. Dark Throne with Inbred Vermin. Thanks for listening and watching. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
That track you were just listening to was by a band called Dysrhythmia. Uh, the track's called uh, The Veil of Control, and that's the title track of their new album. That's pretty out there kind of stuff. It's fucking excellent. That album is incredible. It is. Uh, but look, before, before we move on, uh, we're just going to plug a few things uh at the time of recording a next uh deftober metal club night which we discussed at the beginning of this episode mm. it's our one year anniversary it's on the 21st of october it's downstairs at the valve uh i think it's 12 dollars entry uh doors are at eight o'clock mm-hmm. come on down we've got offensive behemoth master gravity reaver and necrostalgia we might even have one more band. Yeah, uh, yeah. By the by, the time we get there, it's up in the air at the moment. We'll, we'll figure that out. But we're we're also actually doing our first patch promo as well. Yes. So if you have a Deft Orbit Metal patch and you have it attached firmly to your battle vest, uh, it has to be sewn on. We're not gonna have or ironed on because we, they are ironed. They patches. are ironed. <laughs> You can't just pin it on and go, look, I am deaf but metal. If you have it sewn on, you show someone at the door, we'll hook you up with a free schooner of cause. Free drinks. So 12 bucks, but you, you make some of that back straight away just by wearing it once. You get your first drink free just because you are part of the deaf but metal crew. Yeah. The fan base. The, the family, the Death Door by Metal family. Yeah, that's it, you know. Like we like we said, we like to hang out with you guys. We like to talk shit. We love to listen to music. We love to play it for you. We want to help you guys out for helping us out. We also have a copy of Dark Throne's new album, Arctic Thunder, on vinyl that you can win at the club. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, by playing Black Metal Twister. <laughs> uh, you just heard some Dark Throne there. So if you like what you heard, limber up, get down to the club on the 21st of October. Mm and uh yeah partake in some black metal twister and you can yeah. win dark throne on yeah. a final be a total subarctic blunder on the uh on the black metal twister mat <laughs> totally we have a few of those <laughs> uh after that we've got a thrash em all there's been a bit of a shift in control of that uh of that uh gig adam from disintegrator was uh, taking care of it uh some things happened and we've had to kind of take the reins a little bit so mm. it's still very much his show yeah yeah he, he got that lineup together for the most part yeah and he'll still be there he'll still be helping out. he'll be there he'll be helping out and he's still helping out behind the scenes yeah but it's more of our kind of we, we've uh we're bringing it into the dock basically yeah and uh unfortunately uh disintegrator won't be playing as well but we've managed to get disparo yeah uh, online as Which well will be great yeah those guys uh, fucking cool. after that if you're around sydney on the 23rd of december whether you're in sydney because you don't go anywhere for horrible uh religious tradition i.e christmas or if you're here for a horrible religious tradition and you need to escape your family and loved ones yeah if you want to get out for a night of metal uh a couple of days before christmas 
then we've got our event called the Black Mass Christmas or Xmas. Uh, <laughs> we're still we're still in the process of booking the bands, but so far we have a couple of bands playing from Canberra. We have uh, Black Mountain, who are just a real grimy, a pagan black metal band. Uh, we also have a local band Sarcophaguts. Uh, I tried to get them early on and it didn't work out, but we, we've got them for this gig. Yeah. They're like a black thrash, uh, kind of band, a little bit of grind and other stuff in their music. They're really great. Check them out. Yeah. We've both been looking forward to getting these guys on board for a long time. So yeah, there's a lot more stuff coming 23rd of December downstairs at the valve. Check out our Facebook page for more details. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, uh, what we have coming up for you now, is, unless they pulled out at the last minute, <laughs> we haven't recorded this yet, so it's a bit hard to talk about it, but we have an interview with George and Anthony from local band Fenrir. They played at our first ever Def Dorbat Metal Club Night. Uh, they're amazing. There's been some stuff happening in the Fenry camp. There's been a, a few changes. Yeah, so we figured we needed to get them on board, uh, so they can talk about it themselves as well. Yeah, uh, let them know. Let everyone who's listening, all five of you, uh, let you know <laughs> what's happening with them. So, I'm gonna say goodbye from me, Gary Grimm, and goodbye from Tane, who was me. That is him. It wasn't a Tain impersonator. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to claim that. Yeah. <laughs> we can start maybe impersonating each other and... Uh, Go on. Yeah. My, name's, my name's Gary Grimm. And I hate everything. Ooh, and I'm Tain. Look at my, my fucking frilly bra. Uh, I'm you, glad someone noticed my frilly bra. I didn't want to say anything, you know. Didn't want to give you a big head. <laughs> that's that's a lie. The that's... one the one on your shoulders. I'm talking about. Ah, uh, yeah, got it, got it. Okay. Anyway, here is our interview, our future interview with Fenrir. Catch you guys later. Bye. So this is Gary Graham. This is Tane, and we're also joined uh, by two members of Fenrir, who are... Yeah, how are you? This is uh, Anthony. Yeah, this is George. How's it going? <laughs> How's it going, indeed? So, we're, we're here to talk about all things Fenrir at the moment. Uh, for those of you in the know, things have been a little uh, crazy in the Fenrir camp, Uh lately yeah yeah i mean like in the last year you guys have uh released an album you've had some lineup change stuff but uh just coming through the other end of some stuff as well and we've got some things on the horizon for you guys but uh yeah good to see to to start it off though let's start from the beginning of fenry and talk about the fenry origin story yeah yeah it's good to get the origin stories you know like mutations whatnot falling into barrels of toxic waste all that shit you know Alrighty then, uh, I guess because I'm the original, only remaining original Fenrir member, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, well, we used to be called Revenant Shade. Revenant Shade. And, uh, 
Where did that name come from? I have no idea, but um, yeah, I I found the guys on Craigslist. I, I was I only looked that up because uh, my American cousin suggested Craigslist. I never heard of it before, but apparently yeah. people look it up for dating shit. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so this was around like 2010. So the dating shit was unrelated to... Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like 16, 17, something. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I found these guys that said, metal band, blah, 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 looking for a drummer. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I go to audition, I turn up, there are a bunch of nerds. That, they reminded me of the guys from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> sure. And, um, and then you, you must be getting that same feeling again tonight. You know, <laughs> oh no, no, this is, this is uh, that was a whole different thing. Um, <laughs> so then our old mate pulls out a flute, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's um, that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, and then I, I yeah. I whipped up a technical song called uh, Ashes. In, on the uh, no, shut up. Ashes in, <laughs> Ashes in Your Mouth by Megadeth. It's a rare one. I've seen it play it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So then, um, we continued as Revenant Shade. They liked me because uh, they were begin pretty much. Yeah, I admit they were beginner musicians, and I was like at least halfway through my drumming since now. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I. Them being beginners didn't stop me from liking them. I liked the songs and melodies they had, so mm-hmm. it was a bit like Enterferium, like I've said in other interviews. Mm-hmm. And I continued on, see what they had, uh, tightened them up a bit, got them faster, because I keep the fucking speed. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, one gig, everyone turns up with blood all over them. <laughs> except I, I actually played the first Fenry gig with no blood on. So... Because I was like, what the fuck? And no one told me about this. And then yeah. um, from then on, we just had this stage thing going on that we throw blood on us and then we started painting runes and went from there. And then um, we had a Japanese guitarist, Ricky, who quit because uh, apparently it was my fault, but I re- no, it was something we got to do with the religious following and he went that way. And then... Um, yeah, right. Yeah, and then we had a guy from Canada, Geordie, who was like... He was a mad thrasher, and he helped us get, gain a good audience. And then uh, he got deported the night before a gig. Fuck off! Holy s- shit! It totally sucked. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, oh, I known Anthony through someone, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I asked him to be in the band, and and uh, can I just add in that? Uh, just backtracking, you know, George said he made the band tighter and yeah, you know, somewhat mm. more together. Fuck off. <laughs> I have to disagree with that because <laughs> before I actually joined the band with a certain someone I actually went and saw Fenrir before I was in the band um, yeah. mm-hmm. what was it that? Ultimo no no uh, uh, Lansdowne oh, okay how long ago was this? Like, so uh, when did you come 2012 like I was still in high school oh, okay okay anyway and that certain someone said oh you know come along tonight and check out this band I reckon you'll really like them and I was in my own band at the time and you know I went anyway and I watched them, what was Fenrir, and I said, fuck these guys are shit. <laughs> well, I, I, I can explain. They weren't... No, they weren't shit, it was just like, what the fuck? The reason was our, our guitarist, Ricky, was still was filling in for that one. Uh, okay. uh, he, he came back after Old Mate got deported. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, so t- we had two guitarists still at beginner level. Mm-hmm. 
and one basis he was really good mm. and I will admit he threw his talent away mm. and George is like blaming the guitarist and the bassist no, I was really let down off. by the drumming that night <laughs> <laughs> truth be told yeah, oh, shit. I played like a sick cunt that's an, ex- that's an exclusive drunk. right here yeah 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 <laughs> fuck I, one thing I mean <clears throat> maybe some of the guys in the scene uh, who you might know personally uh, might know some of this stuff but it's really interesting to hear we didn't realise that there'd been so many lineup changes uh, we've had yeah like I said I'm the only original member yeah. since since the inception yeah of family, <laughs> fuck full on uh, sp- speaking of those early days and uh, finding the sound and all that kind of stuff it sounds like you guys have a lot of different influences kind of come in like there's thrash there's like viking and folk metal obviously there's a little bit of nawabum in there there's a little bit of classical music and stuff mm. was it all intentional or did that just kind of um, happen naturally from the early stages it was labeled as folk metal mm. but then like getting faster more technical more to the classic side than a folk side mm. we just caught we just labeled ourselves as speed metal right yeah so that gained us a bigger audience at the time both from the folk side and the speed thrash side mm. and we just we, with every lineup change we just got more technical and more i guess faster yeah and that's where the speed kind of side of things kind of yeah so cold oh, that's awesome so that that was more your kind of intention to kind of speed it up a little bit and yeah well for me i was looking for a thrash crossover band mm-hmm. so I, I had to play what i liked yeah sure <laughs> i mean i guess it's interesting like obviously the the sound of the band has progressed a lot because of a combination of lineup changes you know you guys have been together for a while or as well so i guess as people come and go you pick up influences and but then keep going with the core things from the from the guys who are left as well. But I mean, yeah. uh, as far as you know, you guys finally got the album together and whatnot. <clears throat> was there a, a main theme uh, that uh, that you guys stuck with? Um, we're just sticking to the roots, I guess. More so, what Duncan wanted to do the whole Viking thing. Yeah. I came across with Ben as well. Yeah, he mm-hmm. brought a lot of that folk metal sort of slide into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we stuck to that, but I was like, there's a big mix of like. Everyone's influenced Blake's, mine, George's, back to Ben. Yep. Like, um, if we yeah. if we kept themes going, we we're, we're actually thinking of switch not switching, but like kind of like what Iron Maiden does with uh, stage prop stuff, like going oh. from a Viking to more. I, I personally wanted to go to a more like eighteen hundreds creepy era, like King Diamond style. Oh, type yes. of thing. Or even like into an Aztec thing, going even further back. But yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting to hear. I mean, like I can definitely see it from like listening to the band and from watching the band. Because also, there's so many bands that do the whole Viking thing that's just become a bit of a cliche. It's yeah. old hat, I guess. Yeah, for a lot yeah, of people. And there's only so, like I don't mean I love Elstorm and. Uh, running wild but it's like the pirate thing mm. it's like there's only so much you can tell until it's all just repeating so yeah yeah sure you got, you've got the core members of those kind of subgenres, <clears throat> and then you've got all the people copying that and it comes yeah. a little bit diluted after a while I guess yeah, yeah so gotta try to be different too 
Yeah. I, I think you guys pulled it off uh, with your live shows. Uh, the, the, the Fenrir live show is like nothing else I've ever seen. Yeah. But uh, also the album was very original. Uh, when I when I heard it, I was like, well, I haven't heard anything like this before. Mm. Uh, what was the recording process like? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Go that for it. album took, what, a year and a half to do? Year Just and a like half. a lot of so many difficulties. A lot of nights on two minutes. Noodles. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it's fucked. Then, like, I fucked up my finger for like a good oh, five the, months. Yeah. I oh, closed it we, we actually oh. wrote a list. We wrote a list of everything that went wrong and everything <laughs> you can think of that possibly went wrong apart from dying went wrong. <laughs> Can we, can we get a bit of an example of things that were on this list? Okay, explain your finger situation. Well, the finger oh, in the no, car like, Yeah, no, just at work, closing the car door and like, see how it's sort of green back, sort of fucked up on the side? Oh, I can kind of see the line there. Right, yeah. right before I guitar the recording started. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> right before guitar <laughs> Yeah, like everyone finished their parts and then it was mine and then I did that and then it was just halted for so long. Holy shit. Um, so that was a setback, and that actually stopped us from doing a show yeah, as well. Right. Yeah, and, um, A few shows. The studio we started recording at, which is my, was my second home, pretty much, mm. closed down. Oh, oh shit. Boy. Which one was that? Uh, Sonic Factory. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Belmore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, two streets away from my house. Every, like, I was in few bands back then too and we all rehearsed there yeah so it literally was my second home i even hung out there when not practicing yeah and then yeah so you've talked a little bit about the things that have gone wrong during the recording process there was obviously some good times though <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about any of the good times that uh, ha- uh went down i'll say for me i realized how much i enjoy playing our songs yeah and I, I kind of wish the recording process didn't for drums <laughs> didn't end because I don't mean to brag, but I only did, I took about two or three takes for each song, mm-hmm. and then one on the last day the computer got corrupted and deleted two songs. Oh, fuck at, Jesus Christ! At, at three in the morning. Fuck. So I think what song was it? I think Loki Slaughter and... Athens Retribution? Yeah, yeah. Th- those two were recorded at around 3 or 4 in the morning. That's amazing, because I mean, like, uh, well, obviously, like, uh, the guys, you guys were using one of those as a single as well, and they're probably two of the better known tracks, at least for us. Uh, mm. And that's, wow, what the shit? That's <laughs> incredible, man. How, how did you feel with, with all this stuff kind of happening? Is it- uh, it's it's a blur. <laughs> it's just yeah. Uh, if you do it at three in the morning, I can understand. You, you know, there's life situations where you go for a time that you just don't want to. It's just a uh, shit, and you don't want to think about it again. Yeah, sure. It's, it's kind of like that. There was actually one night where Adrian was recording this riff for I think it was the first solo backing riff in Odin's, mm-hmm. and. I left at about, I think, 9 or 10 o'clock and Aiden, uh, Adrian was, like, ripping out this riff with Nat. <laughs> and we left and we go, yeah, we'll leave it here, whatever, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, like, I came in super early. I think it was, like, maybe 6 or 7 o'clock and I saw Adrian and Nat at this cafe and I, like, pulled over in Belmont. I said, so how do you guys go for the riff? And he's like, yeah, we just nailed it out, like, an hour ago. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I go, fuck you, poor cunts. <laughs> it was just brutal shit like that, like, this... 
all-nighters sometimes. It was really fucked. So it, it sounds like it was a bit of a trial getting to the end of the album, but you got there. Well, the, you released the, it. The bloke we worked with, Nat, like, he was a real perfectionist. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, tops to him for that. But, um, yeah, like, everything we did just had to be perfect. Like, if you didn't like it, we had to just keep doing it. Or I guess we're, yeah. we were all perfectionists with this album. We just wanted it perfect, but yeah. in the time frame, we just... When you lose tracks like that and you're sort of forced to do and stuff again, taken. it can be hard. You spend a whole night doing one riff to get it perfect. Yeah. Like, several riffs, it's like, mm, you shouldn't really be doing that. Or yeah. tu- tuning the drums every five minutes. Oh, right. That was a bit of a hassle. Yeah. I suck at tuning, and, we, and I had a pretty much I had pretty much had a drum technician with us working at the studio, but he wasn't there all the time. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes we had to wait like a couple of hours to where he arrived and tuned it properly because apparently I couldn't get the same tone out of it than he did. So. Yeah. Sure. So obviously tensions were pretty high at this point yeah. <laughs> um, with all these things kind of yeah. getting in the way. Yeah, gradually up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah, I think that somewhat left to the dismissal of a few members of the band. Sure. Sure. Because well, we did start with Blake on bass yeah. and Duncan finished it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whether that affected him afterwards, yeah. I think it did. Well, we'll get to that, but how did it feel having finally finished the album and having having it done, completed like, in your hand? Like shit. Really? <laughs> there was just no kind of... We're, we're, uh, not, we're not happy. We're not even about, happy for now, to be honest. We're not happy about it, how it sounds. That's... Wow. There's a yeah. lot left out that we wanted in there. Yeah. Okay. Like, what, what kind of stuff, what kind of things did you feel were missing? Uh, oh, there's like vocal harmony lines that we didn't get time to put in. Sure. Were recorded. Uh, um, they left the flute in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm going to bring this up now because you, you say this, but I've noticed in a lot of the advertisements for a new singer, uh, you're saying no flute. <laughs> Yeah, are they the one in the comments that just say, no, we are not no, playing the flute? No flute. Because that's Adrian just being fucking blunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have commented those things, but it's true. It's true, but yeah, it's, it's super true. Blunt. Do you want to yeah. kind of move on from that? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, let's yeah. talk about the re- albums released. You guys have played your album launch show. And that went really well. I was there for that, actually, mm. at the Stag, and that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, but then um, Duncan leaves the band. What happened? What's your side of the story? Let's hear the juicy goss. Yeah. Well, um, don't really, don't really know. Like that. No, I do know. I just don't want to. I don't know. Got pretty ugly towards the end. Yeah. Um, but like, we still suck it through and did the show. Mm. Obviously, um, uh, there's... we'll we'll, gi- we'll give you a, a rundown. I won't go into detail. Sure, sure, yeah. So, what whatever you're happy so with. T- time's so. running out. We're trying to get it done. The the guy mastering had a fuck up, and we only had a couple of days left. I I did a I did a graveyard shift with the, with a, a a second mastering guy to make sure it all went well. Mm-hmm. And then, out of I don't know what emotion Anthony and Duncan decided to 
have a shit, have a go at each other. No, over it was Facebook. because that happened because of a certain financial issue with someone else in the band. Right. Uh, okay. And I sort of just stuck my nose in and you know put my two cents in, and that turned into a big thing between me and Duncan. It, it could have been resolved if it was in person, I reckon. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, that's a, that's a weird thing about social media and text and stuff. Yeah, it's really no hard to get your point and, across. Yeah, 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 fucking bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So what, what happened happened, and <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> was, I don't know. we we stuck through it in the end. Yeah, like we came to band practice the next week, and like, yeah, we mentioned it, but we didn't really talk about it. And Duncan was like, "Yeah, it's fine," and I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna have a dummy spin say fuck you, can't like." Yeah. Anyway, and I said it was yeah, it was fine, but. <laughs> I don't know, to this day, I'm still a bit pissed about it with him. But, I mean, it is Duncan, like, fuck. I've been playing with him in the band for four years. Yeah. Plus, and it's like, you know, still a top bloke in my eyes. Like, I don't hate him. Yeah. Obviously, but... Well, yeah, you become family when you're yeah. in a band. And it still fun. is like that. Yeah. So, so, you guys are still friends and still kind of... Uh, well, we don't talk as much anymore, but... Went from seeing him on a weekly basis to, fuck, I didn't see him since we played the gig till... George's yeah. party the other week. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. Like anything um, like that. Like, I've known him for, what, seven years, and I always go to him with my problems because he, he's good at with advice and stuff. Yeah. Um, now, we, we talk every now and then about stuff, but... Yeah. He still asks how everything's going. It's hard because I guess it's like, yeah. you know, for any band that's been going that long, it's still everyone's baby, I guess. Yeah. And especially after doing the album. But, I mean, you guys are looking for a new singer now. Like... Fenner are going on their persevering. A, a, so. a yeah. singer. Someone who sings. Vocals. Not, not growling. Not screeching. So, I, look, I saw... And I shared uh, your Facebook post about you guys looking for a singer. And you've obviously gone through a few auditions. What have the auditions been like? We haven't got any physical auditions, as in someone coming in. But we've mm-hmm. had a... Uh, We've had a few um, <clears throat> audio files sent in. Uh, Alright, I want their full names. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> We've had a few that asked to audition. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we said, you know, send us your stuff. They said, yeah, yeah, we'll get it to you soon. They haven't replied, but we've gotten, we've gotten a couple sent this stuff in and just didn't cut it. Yeah. Sure. No, but like, good on them for giving it a crack. Like, yeah. fuck, that's what we want people to, you know, give it a go, see what we think, and whether we like you or not doesn't mean, uh, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys have, you know, you've not been fucking around. You've spent a lot yeah. of time on this band, so I can understand that you, with an idea that yeah. perhaps you're going for. Because everything we do, we want it, even songwriting process, we want it, like, down to the yeah specific. So... Even looking for a guy to sing, we want personality, we want... Like, stage presence. Stage presence, mm. the look, the everything, yeah. They've got yeah. they've got some big shoes to fill, really. Yeah. yeah, they really do. Like, to what Duncan was doing, I mean, there wasn't a lot of bands in Sydney really doing the stage presence that... Not that we all put on, but him especially put on. Sure. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, it is big shoes to fill. So. It's hard. Did have did you get any really um did you get anyone uh coming forward and you were just like no straight from the get go fucking this guy like <laughs> I was actually yeah. shit mouth some poor kind of sending this fucking audition I mean, you don't uh, have to give names I, mean, I don't want no to, names I don't want to discriminate but yes 
Yeah, sure. You like, don't want to Someone just asking me, like, you know, how we have social media and you can just easily stalk someone. You just yeah. click, you click on their profile, have a look, just having a look at them, and it's like, no. Nah. Yeah. No, no, that, that didn't happen. Sorry, God damn it, sorry. Sorry. shut up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that really didn't happen. This is, George. <laughs> this is interesting to hear, though, because, I mean, uh, this, uh. this kind of tells us that uh, you guys are looking for a specific something. Is this related to the direction you want to take Fenrir's music away from what oh, you guys are known for? It totally yeah. kind of helps you guys, too, because... It, you know, it might eliminate uh, some time wasters because we we know through promoting and stuff, you put a message out there that you're looking for certain types of bands or certain type of sound, yeah. and you get time wasters. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a thing. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are looking for something new as well, mm-hmm. as well as um, what Duncan used to do. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like totally up for something new. I mean, we're even like you were talking about stage presence before mm-hmm. and us doing the blood and all that the paint um we've actually decided we're not going to do that anymore okay so really we've cut that out we're still going to um, give a good stage show like sure we're gonna, we're gonna we are going to work on we'll still give you a good stage show right? sure yeah. so what are you looking to do now now that um you know uh duncan's not part of it he obviously bought a certain side of things like the story side of things and stuff uh yeah was uh a lot of his contribution in there what it what what's Fenrir looking like now it's kind of uh it's still up in the air but i would personally i would still like it to move into a theme direction Mm -hmm. without the dressing up sure okay what kind of themes have you been thinking of or is that still nothing yet we're just still it's we're still in shock i guess True stage. So. Nah, you're oh, <laughs> ready. You're ready. I, I, I know. We're moving for the, on for the know. podcast audience. Is this is going to be good. Anthony's not in trouble. We yeah. don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know. Uh, so the bass player is uh, filling in for the vocals at the moment. Uh, is that Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how's that going? Yeah, um, good. We had band practice last night, and yeah, he's doing a good job. I mean, fuck, he's not bad. Yeah. Uh, like obviously the highs and stuff Duncan used to hit um, it's a bit hard but I mean he knows what he's doing sure yeah, he's pretty, bring, like he's good he's he's bringing his own kind of thing into it yeah yeah, that's awesome well the, the other thing that uh, I wanted to ask as well before we started uh, recording you guys were saying that you do already have some new material that will be coming up in the live shows perhaps yeah we do have a new song for this um, gig coming up on December 3rd yeah, and uh, uh, I, I'm actually surprised with uh, the riff Anthony came up with during the solo section. It's uh, what? it's, it's kind of like um, why the fuck are you surprised? No, it's such an old school riff. I'm just like, holy shit, he done something good for us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, it's like uh, that second song Piece on the shit. Seven Churches album in on um, possessed. Uh, possessed. Yeah. You know mm. that part where you go, you would listen to this after this. When he fuck when they go into the solo section, it just changes into this thing. It's like. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, you actually, can cut that if you want. 
I meant to, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it's interesting We're keeping we it all. Uh, we talked about some of your influences, George, obviously being at the start of the band. But, Anthony, what, what's your background with uh, with doing music stuff? What's your kind of influence Justin stuff? Justin Bieber. Oh, bit of JB. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. um, that's all about all influences, about really. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> um, he, he just goes for the money, and that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm spewing his tickets already sold out. I was really disappointed by that. Surely, <laughs> just tell him. Just say, look, it's me. Like, Let me stand on me. Yeah, background influences. Um, well, like, my first band, like, that was sort of like uh, metalcore sort of stuff. Okay. Sort of thrashing influences. And one of our songs was Berserker. Mm. Uh, one of the riffs in that song in the solo section was actually from my band back in high school. So, like, I bought that to Fenry. Yeah, right. Um, so that was cool. Like, so every time I play that riff, it reminds me of, like, my old, old band. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, like, there's a bit of thrashy influences. Like, I don't know, like... Yeah, no, influences, like, obviously the main ones, like, Megadeth, Pantera. But, like, there's other bands like Racer X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially Paul Gilbert stuff I really love. Yeah. Uh, Vinnie Moore. Um, even, like, Meow Seam sort of stuff. Ah, uh, cool. So, like, a lot of the shreds sort of things... From the 80s, I really enjoy. Mm. Um, whether or not I incorporate that in the songs or not. Even like some of the really cheesy 80s stuff, like fucking <laughs> Molly Crew or Poison. Like, everything's sure. cool. Like, I'm not very Fuck subjective yeah. to certain <laughs> bands. Like, I listen to everything. It seems like George disagrees a little bit. We, we, all, we, all, we all seem to break out in a deep purple jam at every practice. <laughs> <laughs> deep purple's definitely up there. Hey, it's just really cool to hear wrong stuff, you know? Like, yeah. um... You know, especially influences that you don't feel come across in the music, but say like metalcore stuff. And the album is obviously very eclectic. Yeah. So, uh, and it's very interesting to see. Well, we're very excited to hear the new stuff as well. Yeah, um, let's see what directions it's taking. Yeah. Speaking of like uh, directions and stuff, the band was going. Uh, you, I, the other night when I was talking to you, talking about how you guys were gearing up for a film clip. Oh yeah, Duncan yeah. Left. Yeah, we really Can- wanted to do that with um, one of the new songs from the album. Mm. It, wow. it, it it's probably won't be happening now but can you tell us what what the film clip was going to be or yeah what song the story behind well, it or anything we, like we that? had f- we so, didn't even get that far well, no we, <laughs> really? we did we had an idea for two songs one for a viking themed one and one for heavy fucking metal yeah you wrote that one didn't you? i wrote it yeah, I, nice. it was influenced off exciter Ah, oh, so, so Excite is a big influence on me. I fucking love fucking it. Fucking awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna do something in the mic. Don't, don't copy us. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the listener at home, he's referring to you. <laughs> More like the the usual thing of us playing on a. Well, we're gonna do the old school thing. Us playing on a stage in the middle of darkness, and you know, and then um. Something what was it? What? Something about turning hipsters into metalheads on a surgery oh, table. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. And throwing them through like a, a toxic weight, a ha- a fucking biohazard door, and then they like end up in a mosh pit in front of our stage. And <laughs> well, look, you've recorded it here. Now you've got a record that will hold up in court. Uh, what's the date today? Just visual- yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Visualize that. <laughs> it's before the 21st of October so anyone that comes out with a film clip after that they're copying yeah, Fenrir's yeah, yeah. idea 
Uh, Fuck, that's amazing. That yeah, so cool. Well, maybe, maybe in the future, maybe with the new, um, uh, the new direction that Fenrir is going in, that could still happen. Uh, but speaking of Fenrir, before before Duncan departed, what were some of the highlights and what were some of the lowlights of Fenrir? Like, what were some of the fuck yeah moments? Like, we we actually did this fucking thing. And what was some of the god? It, it could definitely be better than this moment. Japan was like the fucking highlight. Yeah, the Japan, Japan tour was. I mean, Zoff guts. How many bands yeah. can say they toured Japan? Yeah, fucking nice. <laughs> when did you guys hit in Japan? Anyway, it's like the start of two thousand fourteen. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, what cities did you end up doing? How did you find the response uh, in each of them? Two got cancelled, Hiroshima and another southern one. But mm. uh, we did do the five day run. Yeah. It was like to the top, to the bottom of the fucking country. Like, uh, I was going to make crazy. a Hiroshima joke, but too, <laughs> yeah. too soon. Uh, I refrained from that. <laughs> You're refraining from a lot of things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible restraint oh, you're showing. Sure we still got time. Do a vein in his head. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we started from top to bottom. Mm. So, uh, it was a it was a hectic night, that one. We played the first show and uh, jumped on the bus and had a 10-hour drive down the country. Holy shit. And um, explain your uh, sickness. Oh, don't put it on me yet. I'm trying to, trying to get the cities <laughs> up for you, mate. Can I say it for you? <laughs> nah, just hold on. Because, you know, right, fucking story. Does it, involve, <laughs> does it involve sharting at all? We were talking about that earlier. Uh, I don't know. You tell me, Anthony. Uh, hold on, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, so in uh, Sendai, Nagoya, Osaka... Fukuoka, Hiroshima, Shizuka, and Tokyo. Yeah. Wow. Sorry if I said they're really <laughs> shit. I probably Hiroshima <laughs> and That's Shizuka awesome, we didn't play because they cancelled. They cancelled. Right. But those other ones, you, you guys hit it. Yeah. Uh, um, what was the biggest moment where you were looking out into the crowd maybe and going, fuck, we did it. Tokyo. Oh yeah, I'd say Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. A big draw in Tokyo. Yeah. It was... Well, there was a couple of hundred people. Five. Small venue, so consider that. They all are, though. That's yeah, the thing. So a couple there, of yeah. hundred people. It looked full. Um, mosh pit. Crowd surfers. We're playing. Well, the thing about Japan in general was like, even from the first show we went to, like in the first city, I think, what did I say? Sendai? Yeah. I don't Sendai. know. Don't backtrack yep. me on that. But like, <laughs> even the first city we went to, like, it was the fucking tiniest venue, like smaller than the Valva. Yeah. And, like, we got up on stage and there was just so many people there. And, like, the crowd was just really getting into it. Like, They're all... they didn't even know the songs. And they were just getting amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, in a small country sick. town, they're not headbanging, but they're bopping along to the songs. Yeah. And they just, you know, they do all the call-outs without you asking for them. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So, how would you compare something like that to the Sydney scene? Oh... <laughs> 
pretty similar to the Brisbane scene. We yeah. love Brisbane, by the way. Yeah. No, Brisbane no, you can't. Like. No, no. Sydney, <laughs> Sydney's a whole different story. It's if, a whole different animal. Unless one bloke starts headbanging, then everyone would join in. Yeah. Otherwise, Lord of precedence. Hey, otherwise look. everyone's standing around in the background. I, I've started some fucking headbanging at some shows, <laughs> particularly <laughs> our shows. <laughs> it doesn't always oh, catch if, on. If though. you're the only drunk guy, then it's a different story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Surely yeah. I can't be the only drunk guy at our shows. <laughs> We're not rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. Oh no. no. Especially after doing the club, but no. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys have any memories of playing the first Deftober Metal show at all? I remember we played really tight. Yeah, you guys are fucking tight. We're pretty happy about you um, recording us, like, snippets of it. Mm. Sure. I do remember Anthony... I I was going to go home sober that night, and Anthony convinced me to park my car and get fucking off chops. I do actually remember you sticking around later that night. Yeah, you guys did. And us holding off chops. Oh, uh, that show. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Japan, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like a rewind, back to Japan... Um, so yeah, what happened with the fucking, what's your email again? Something to do with sharding. Oh, the Grim uh, Shard. Shard? Yeah, yeah, the Grim Shard. That yeah, was yeah. like half my Japan trip. Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> Dude, that's a low light when you're overseas, yeah. I guess. Oh, you know? it was fuck. There, there was 10 hours of blokes pissing in bottles and throwing it out the window. Oh. And I was pretty impressed with myself, like, I won't lie. We were on a bus. Fucking oath I was. was we were on a bus for 10 hours. <laughs> And it all started with puking into a bag and throwing it out the window. And the bus only stopped every two hours. Right. And then, like, fucking I started with the runs. And, like, I'm just, like, super proud. Like, didn't end up shitting on the bus. That is <laughs> that is a fucking achievement. That's a highlight. If you're Thank that you. sick overseas, you know, like... Full fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what, the what, show went on, though. What That's was mad, though? You stop in a country town in Japan at a Starbucks in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. you're... Everyone sees you as a god. Yeah. That was pretty... Are you sure? They probably yeah. saw us as a fucking nuisance. It's like the whole shop just like... It was like everyone was standing around. As soon as I, the doors opened for me, they saw me and they were all like, back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Like, um, I found it locally as well doing... Um, I mean, you guys have uh, done a few regional shows over the years and whatnot. I always find it's interesting going out of the big cities and the response you get is kind yeah. of similar to when you're touring like that. Uh, people are just so happy that you're playing, you know? But, um, it, it's interesting hearing the small places in Japan are exactly the same. It, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So, what's next for you guys? What's happening now? You've got a show coming up at the Valve in December. December the 3rd, if yeah, I remember correctly. December 3rd. Yeah. So, who's playing with that? Uh, we got a Lethal Vendetta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snow Leopard, and Reba. Sweet, awesome! All great bands, uh, all except for Lethal Vendetta have played at Death Dorbert Metal. And yeah, yeah. I can attest for their greatness. So, if you want a great night of metal, the third of December downstairs. They're at pretty the good. They're good. Um, the vocalist Brent, he's uh. Yeah, Brent he, Logan. He, yeah, he's the not. Bogan. Yeah. <laughs> I call him Brent Logan, the half-assed Bogan, for some reason. I don't know why. It just, it just goes well. But anyway, he's not half-assed. No, his vocals are pretty good. He can hit the high notes and he stuff. He can. Yeah, yeah. Totally. sweet. So, what time's that kicking off for everyone at home? I mean, we'll, we'll post details anyway well, later. But... Yeah, doors open at seven thirty. Band mm-hmm. start at eight. 
Cool. So we we like to chuck it early, so you know everyone can stick around and party sure. with us. Sweet. Yeah, we'll be hanging around. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think we've exhausted all avenues of conversation here. <laughs> all questions have been asked. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners, all five of them, before we <laughs> <laughs> before we finish? Yeah. Fuck you. You're great. Yeah. You're all shit. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Fuck, there's no you're fuck all shit. the Sydney scene. If you're in a band, give up on Australia and move overseas. <laughs> Look, I would argue with that, but I can't. We we uh, have already uh, talked about. Uh... We in this episode that we recorded last night, we've already talked about all this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting here. to hear, you know. Like, um, I, I guess the main thing is, uh, it's interesting hearing from a band perspective especially a band that have been around for quite a few years now, as well as promoters. And, and also, like we were talking uh, previously in the podcast, talking about other promoters as well. Sydney's a hard place right now. So, you know, it's, it's important to support each other. So, um, yeah, we're definitely glad that Fenry is still going. Yeah, uh, fuck yeah. To take out this episode, we wanted to play a track from Fenry. What track would you recommend from the album that we uh, take um, us out with? I'd say onwards to Jotunheim because it doesn't get enough attention and we really enjoy playing it. You liked playing that song? Yeah. And, well, and you remembered it straight away. That's... We're actually not playing that song live anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, sorry to be a downer. Sure. Uh, well, well this will look, be your last chance to hear it then. This or could go to um, Fenrir's Bandcamp page and oh, buy yeah. the album. Yeah. Uh, that's the only time you're going to get to hear this oh, song. We've got plenty of physical copies. If you yeah, physical copies. Come, come to their shows, 3rd of December at the Valve, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, so this was Fenrir. Thank you, George. Thank you, thank Anthony. You, thank Thanks, you. guys. Awesome. I'd just like to thank say you um, thank you for accommodating to us by having the Greek-style yogurt on the table and the painting of the wolf in the background. <laughs> we <laughs> thought it was appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> subtle things I like to try and do to make yeah. you guys feel up, at home. Up. Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> aim, we aim to please here at DevTorber Metal. Uh, but here we go with some uh, Fenry action thank you for listening yeah thanks guys for coming see you later cheers cheers
Penis bit. 
Keep the penis bit. Was what <laughs> just said. Yeah, that's an extra Easter egg on top of the Easter egg. So what? What happened in Japan? Oh, uh, this one was a bit of a cheeky cunt. Um, Literally. Uh, so just long story short, what happened was um, we went to Seven Eleven and <clears throat> thought it was a good idea to eat some really undercooked chicken at about two in the morning. It's oh, always a good idea. Oh, uh, it's fucked. And that like <laughs> fucked me up for about tasted five great. days. It tasted awesome. Sure. Salmonella's metal. Oh, it's sick, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fully and, uh, sick. So fucking what happened was like fourth day in like just could not shitting like even just anyway. It was just terrible. It was full on like Thailand food poisoning by Japan. Oh. <laughs> anyway. So I'm like, fuck, I really got to sort this out. And I'm like looking up fucking chemists on my phone. And apparently it's called drugstore over there, which I'm, you know, don't yeah. normally look up. Don't normally look up. <laughs> anyway, so I find the fuck a drugstore and I go in there and like, because I don't speak Japanese, I had to go to the lady at the counter. Like I had to show a hand fucking <laughs> oh! hand actions. Around, so around. I go in mouth out here and she goes, ah, yes. And she brings me this fucking aisle. And I go to the aisle with her, and there was like this English dude, like, it must have been a godsend. And I go, can you just tell her, like, I need something to stop shitting? And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And he spoke full mad Japanese, he was English. Yeah. And she goes, ah, oh. and she brings me to two aisles over. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, man, I wonder, what the fuck was she going to give me? Yeah, yeah I wonder what. Some diuretics. Some fucking so, laxatives, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. that would have fucked me hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, lucky that dude was there. If he ever listens to this, like, props to you. Oh, speaking of that, with the photo of Anthony passed out with whiskey bottles around him, mm-hmm. I put those bottles there. He was actually sick and not drunk. <laughs> Partially dying. Thanks, So for those of you going through Fenry's photos on Facebook, yeah, that's the story behind the scenes. Yeah, the one or two of you. More shitting than drinking. More yeah. shitting, less drinking. <laughs> oh, no, there was plenty of drinking. <laughs> Not drinking the shit, though. No, no. no. Okay. Well, I don't know. I know Japan. There's some crazy things happening there, but yeah. What What happens in Japan? Yeah. Stays in Japan. Exactly. Himself. Oh, that happened too, eh? He shit himself. He shat himself. He he was he thought, oh, I'm gonna fart and it's gonna smell, and he shat himself. Decided not to clean it and fall asleep, and then clean it in the morning. So, no, he. Well, we woke we up really to him in the, in the communal yeah. toilet, <laughs> washing it, washing his undies in the sink. In the only sink for like for the, the floor, floor of eighty rooms, one sink. <laughs> oh man! So that was. Did you yeah. say the the old bass player? Sorry, uh, George brought it up. Shat his pants. Yeah. In Japan. Mm-hmm. And... Well. <laughs> Good. Big in Japan.